And so we just want to welcome you. Uh, we thank you so much for being here tonight. Um, I truly mean this from the bottom of my heart. There is literally a million and one places you could be tonight. And uh, the fact that you chose to be here, uh, we do not take that for granted. We value it highly. And, uh, and so I really do pray that your time with us over the next few minutes, uh, the minutes that we've spent in worship and over the next few minutes is um, really a time that enriches you, um, builds confidence in you, uh, encourage you to, it encourages you tonight, but above all else, I hope you leave here with a new measure of hope. Um, I hope you leave here with a new measure of hope tonight. And that, that's really my, uh, that's my aim. That's my job tonight. Um, that's my assignment, if you will, is to... Have you leave here with just your cup full of hope? And uh, I pray that this Christmas season, these next few hours that you find yourself in, no matter your situation, no matter your circumstance, that hope would be in the center of it. And we're going to talk about where we get this hope, and his name's Jesus. Come on, somebody. And uh, so it's the last service of the night, so here's I need your help tonight. Uh, we're a hollaback church. So... You can shout me down, you can say amen, you can stand up and clap, you can like just preach it, brother, whatever you need to holler, whatever you need to say, uh, but keep this preacher going tonight. And uh, I want to talk to you about, about hope. I want to take you to a piece of scripture. It's all right if we just study the Bible for a few minutes tonight. So I want to take you to a piece of scripture that we uh, read at the beginning of the series that we've been in, John chapter 1, verses 1 to 9, and uh, this is probably by far my most favorite, um, favorite text in the Bible. And I know that's saying a lot, but uh, I love that it's, it's rich, it's, it's robust, it's deep, it's big, it's all of those things. And so it says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was with God in the beginning. And all things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. It's a big statement right there. And in him was life. Someone shout life. life. And that life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right, every shout right, right. to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. So tonight, as we celebrate this eve of Christmas, I want to speak to you from this subject a hope like no other. A hope like no other. As we look at Jesus, the substance of our hope. Will you pray with me just one more time this evening? Father, we thank you for your word. It's alive, it's active, it's powerful, it's sharp. It cuts straight to the core of who we are. So I pray that as truth is proclaimed tonight, as your word is proclaimed tonight, as we look at you, the author and the finisher of our faith, God, I pray that you would be glorified in all this. I, think everything, I pray everything said and done tonight would be would bring glory and honor to your name. It'd be a sweet-smelling sacrifice. And so we love you. We honor you in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, come on. And everybody shouted? Amen. Amen. Has anybody ever um, been on the way to a restaurant that's been hyped up, and you are so looking forward to that experience at that restaurant? Come on, show of hands. How many of you ever had that? And like, how many of you, like, you're salivating before you even get there? I mean, the Yelp reviews are in. 
Facebook reviews are in, Google reviews are in, your neighbor's reviews are in, this restaurant is going to be on top of it. Like, it's, it's going to be, how many of you have, like, been on your way to an experience like that, okay? Um, many, many years ago, our, some of our staff went to a restaurant downtown, and uh, it was this Italian restaurant that was pretty hyped up, and I can't even remember the name of it for, for the life of me, but... I remember going to that restaurant, and the whole experience from the beginning to the end was, it was pretty awesome. Um, I typically don't do lasagna uh, when I'm at a restaurant, but the waitress said it's the best lasagna ever, so I got to dabble. And so I went for the lasagna, and she was right. It was as large as my head, and uh, I, I was filled. It was glorious, meat on meat on meat. Come on, somebody. And so it was a, it was a lasagna like no other. Um, I just did that now. Um, <laughs> so we went through all the courses, and it came to dessert. came to dessert. And uh, I, I love myself some dessert at the end of a great meal. And so I asked the waitress, because she was, she was batting a thousand on the whole lasagna thing. I said, what should I get for dessert? And she goes, oh, you got to try this dessert. And I was like, okay. And so she starts to explain what this dessert was. I can't even remember the name of it, but it had like lavender in it, which should have been a warning. Because the minute the ingredients is doTERRA oils, you should back up, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, right? Maybe the dessert should be a different option. Because so. <laughs> it's the fourth service, all right. Um, so I was like, okay, so she's telling me about this thing, and she's like, it's kind of like a meringue, and it, it, it's, it's large, and uh, there's air in it, and like, I, you would think I'd get this clue, but it sounded so fancy, and so I kid you not, I was like, okay, I'll get the lavender honey air thing, that, that'll be my jam, and so now all of us sitting at the table, and some of my staff remember this, we're all sitting at the table, and we're waiting, and everybody else's dessert comes out, and it was like, it was, their, their desserts were smaller, mine came out, and I, I kid you not, it was like in this little tiny bowl, but it looked like an air balloon. It was gigantic. It had like a little purple hue to it, had some fancy thingies on it. I think it even had some like gold dust that they put on it. I mean, this dessert, and I was like, yes, I picked the right thing. And so I go to get into this dessert, and I put my spoon into the dessert, and I kid you not, I broke this like millimeter thick shell of air that it was, and inside nothing. <laughs> nothing. Just the sweet smell of lavender. <laughs> like this. And I, sat, and I was deflated. Like I was, like, I was like, what did I just do with my life? I was rethinking all of my choices. Like, I don't know what was going on. I looked at the waitress and I was like, yo, lasagna lady, no, on the dessert. I was thinking about that tonight as, as, as we've been kind of working through this, this message. I had all the hope that this thing that somebody had told me about was gonna be the best thing ever. It was gonna be the best experience ever. It was gonna be something that was, was memorable. Come on, how many of you had hope in something only to be let down by that something? Right? And it was in that moment, and yeah, sure, it's a light thing, it's a dessert that, that deflated my entire life in that moment. But I think if we're honest, if we're brutally honest, there's many of us sitting in here tonight who, who that's been our life experience. We've, we've been pumped, like, oh man, this, today's going to be an awesome day. This week's going to be an awesome day. This month is going to be an awesome day. This year is going to be an awesome year, only to stick our spoon in it and realize that we've been let down. Come on, show of hands. How many of you have been disappointed before? 
And while we were all so hopeful, how many of you know hope seems to disappear really fast? I asked the question last week, I think it was in church services. I said, hey, how many of you are excited for 2023? And two and a half people put their hand up. (laughs) Now, I know some people were being rebellious. They didn't put their hand up, but there was a different tone in the room. And here's what I realized is that for many of us, we've been beaten and battered and bruised by these past couple years. And now we're timid when it comes to having hope. Come on, am I talking to anybody tonight? Come on, can we just be honest in the room tonight? How many of you would agree with me? We're a, little, we're a little timid when it comes to hoping anymore. And isn't that like the enemy of our soul? He wants to try to rob our hope. He wants to make us timid when it comes to hope. He wants us just to hold back a little bit, not even to declare that the next year is going to be awesome. But can I just remind you tonight, friends, that the reason that we have hope is not because of all the great things that can happen. We have hope because we have Jesus. Why? Because he's a hope like no other. And can I tell you, he stands up to the hype. See, this whole piece of scripture that we just read is about anticipation and reception. It's about hope descended. It's about hope come. And this hope came through the person and the work and the power of Jesus. And friends, I just want to let you know tonight that I'm here to declare one thing and one thing only, Jesus. Because it's the hope that I have. Oh, well, you're a pastor. You're, you're, you're paid to talk about this stuff. Can I tell you, if you were to take it all away, I'd still shout his name. Because it's the hope that I've been saved by. Come on, does anybody else have their hope in Jesus tonight? Come on, has anybody else been changed by Jesus tonight? And so I speak this message not because I'm a pastor. I speak this message because I'm a follower of the one who has saved me. Many of us in here today are waiting for something. And in our waiting, we're looking for something that we've yet to receive or find. In the great words of the scholar Bono, we still haven't found what we're looking for. (laughs) We look for it in all kinds of different places and spaces, don't we? We look for hope in people. We look for hope in things. But I just need us to remember tonight that no matter where you look, no matter which rock you turn over, which door you open, which key you believe in your hand, which ladder you climb, which degree you get, which job that you anchor yourself in, the relationship that you find yourself in. Can I just tell you that there's not one thing on this planet that brings you the hope that is found in Jesus. And so I want to talk about hope. Someone shout hope. Hope. And so before we get into the points tonight, um, the truths that I I believe are offered to us in this scripture that we just read, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor tonight. I wonder if just for the next few minutes we can, we can put life on pause. We can put everything happening out there on pause. So I just I, I want you to work with me. This is a participation sport. Everybody just shout pause. pause. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say it's on pause. It's on pause. Everybody turn back to your other neighbor and say you're on pause. Nah. <laughs> Let's pause everything tonight. And just for a few minutes, put the list down, put the parties down, put the dinner down, put the stuff down. And let's focus on the hope of the world. John offers us five truths that I think are really important for us to grab a hold of, and that's what I want to focus our our time on tonight. And so in this section of Scripture, it's actually just pretty simple. He gives it out for us, and so I just want to look at those things. Here's the first one. Need your help every shot. Number one, here's the first truth that he gives us, is that Jesus was the hope before all things. He was the hope before all things. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. See, we know that Christ is our ultimate hope because he stood before and at the beginning of all things. And there is nothing and no one else that that can be said of. See, many of us believe that history involves Jesus. I want to declare to you tonight that history revolves around Jesus. Two very different things. History history doesn't just involve this moment. It revolves around all of this. Every part of history from the beginning to the end and eternity as a whole revolves around Jesus. Why? Because he was the hope before all things. Theologically, we believe this. Doctrinally, we believe this. By faith, we declare this. Well, how do you quantify that? There are some things that my faith declares that I can't quantify with my mind. That's what makes it a confession. It's the confession of my faith, not just the the sum total of my intellect. Come on, anybody with me tonight? So Jesus was before all things. I don't know how many of you had parents that said this, I brought you into the world. Come on. I can take you out of the world. Come on, anybody have a mom that said that once or twice? Let's go. (laughs) I think it was said to me multiple times. I brought you into this world. (laughs) Well, well, what gives gives my mom or my dad the authority to say that statement? They have have what I call creative authority. Right? Why? Because I was a product of their will. So they believe that they have a certain authority over me. Why? Because they willed it. They, They made it happen. So I use that as kind of an illustration to see that God stands at the beginning of all things. Jesus stands at the beginning of all things. And so our hope is in him because he has the authority above everything else. He is the greatest authority. He is the creative agent behind all of these things. And so therefore, he can be our hope because he was the hope before all things. Number two, everybody shout number two. There's a second thing John teaches us. He says that he's the hope of life. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. See, if we're honest with ourselves, we look to find life in all kinds of things. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Try to find life in people and in places and in experiences. You fill in the blank. But can I just submit to us tonight that true life is only found in Jesus? And the advent of Jesus is about finding life like never before. I went on a bunny trail this week um, in social media land, following the hashtag looking for life, finding life, carpe diem. And so I just wanted to see what people do in order to experience life, find life, receive life. How many of you kind of know what I'm talking about? And so I stumbled across the video of this lady who was on her quest for experiencing life finding life, the meaning of of life. And so this particular video found her standing at the edge of a cliff with another human being strapped to her in a parachute. She was getting ready to base jump, which I thought to myself, that's not finding life. That's potentially finding death. (laughs) And so I watched this video, and I got to tell you, I was struck by it. It, it. It like... It caused pause in me. So here, here's what happened in the video. This, this lady with this gentleman attached to her who was the, her tandem jumper partner guy. I don't, I don't even know what they're called. 
would bring her to the edge of the cliff, would step her back and then bring her to the edge of the cliff. And every single time that he did this with her, she would have a visceral reaction to the moment. She'd start to cry. She would laugh. She would scream. She'd ha- she, she would go on this emotive roller coaster. How many of you know, kind of know what I'm talking about? Like, if you're, if you're standing at the edge of a cliff that you're getting ready to jump off, but you don't know when it's going to happen, there's some stuff happening in you. She was having an existential moment. And this existential moment was, was causing her to feel all of life. And so, like I said, she would scream and she would swear and she would cry and she would laugh, all the while while the instructor's holding a selfie stick out in front of them. And I was like, if I have a guy strapped to my, I don't want him holding a selfie stick. I want his hand on the ripcord. So you watch, she goes back and forth, and she walks up, and then finally they're at the thing, and they're standing there, and he counts, five, four, and then he says, he says, say it with me, three, and so she's screaming, and she's all, it's all one, two, one, and they jump, and the selfie sticks in front of them the whole time, and you're watching her face, and she, like, she's just going through all of it, and then he yanks the ripcord, parachute comes out, boom, jerks him back, and she's going through all of those same feelings and emotions again as they drift down to the bottom. Video cuts out just before they hit the bottom, and I thought to myself, man, this woman's got a reality check heading her way. As I wonder what appointment she makes within the given week, realizing that the jump that she just made didn't help her find life, but caused her to pursue it in another place because it was just an empty jump. And I think that's how some of us navigate life. We look for the fullness of something with all of the, within all of these things that can't bring us fullness. And that's why John says he is, the, he is the life, he is the light, that we only find life in and through Jesus. He is the hope of life. Number three, here's the third thing. Everybody shout number three. Third thing is, is that he is hope in the darkness. He is hope in the darkness. That light shines in the darkness, and darkness did not overcome it. Come on, I said darkness did not overcome it. Come on, show of hands. How many of you agree with me? The world seems dark right now, right? Situations seem dark. Circumstances seem dark. There's a heaviness in the world right now. The Bible tells us that some of the heaviness is, is these, these pangs, this, this groaning of our planet and of people, yearning for something that deep inside we, we are longing for. And can I just tell you, just to fill in the blank now, that longing is for Jesus. Because at the end of the day, there is not a human institute, there's not a thing that can bring us the hope that we have in Jesus. And he's the light in the darkness. He is hope in the darkness. Come on, how many of us have been in a hopeless situation before? It seems like darkness is encroaching. It seems like it's pushing in. It seems like the borders are, are caving in on us. Man, I've been in those moments. I've been in some dark places and some dark spaces, and my head's been in some dark places and dark spaces, and my, my heart has been in some dark places and dark spaces, and, 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 and I've been weary, and I've been tired, and it seems like it's caving in, caving in, caving in, and then I remember, wait a second, I have a hope that pushes back the darkness. 
That's why we say pause to all of the things happening outside right now. Because we have to once again reorient our life. We have to once again reorient where we're at tonight. Number four, everybody shout number four. Here's the fourth thing. He is hope among us. He's hope among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Think about that. See, I want to illustrate it this way. Because how many of you know there's a difference between me speaking at you and the media team's going to hate me right now? Sitting with you. Hey, how you doing? How you good? That bottle. Hope among us. This is different, isn't it? Very different. Hope among us. See, some of us are, this is a big deal because it reorients everything. See, it makes, it makes Jesus not an iconic figure, but somebody who's actually involved with the, the flesh of our life. The, the dirt, the humanity of our life. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that in Hebrews, it says that we can actually approach his throne room of grace because he experienced every element of humanity, but without sin. He conquered it all. And so therefore, you and I can approach him boldly because he walked among us. He put on flesh. And now all of a sudden it changes the relational dynamic that we have. Because at the end of the day, he doesn't want to be a figure that's distant and away from us. He wants to be intricately involved in your life and in my life. He wants to get involved, with, but you just got to, you got to let it. Why? Because he's hope. But here's where we kick on it. Is that this hope who dwelt among us, he was full of grace and truth. We love the grace part, don't we? Not so much the truth part. But that's why he wants to be involved with our life, because he wants to bring grace and truth. Come on, somebody, grace and truth. Why? Because that's where hope is found. He's hope among us. Number five, everybody shout number five. Here's the last one. This is my favorite one. He's the hope of our salvation. But to all who did receive him, he gave him the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent. In other words, the lineage, part of God's people. No, that, that's actually not where we get our right. Or the will of flesh or the will of man. In other words, your ability to perform or not perform. Nope, you don't get it. Your salvation is attached to one thing and one thing alone, and that is what Jesus did on the cross. Come on, somebody. He's the hope of our salvation. In other words, you can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't produce it. You can't manufacture it. It's not by your will. It's not by your, it's not by your deeds. It's not, it's not by saying the right prayer with the right words. 
It's, it's not in worshiping all day long. It, it's not in, in setting four hours of Bible reading aside. That's not where you find it. Salvation is found in one place and one place alone. Jesus walking among us, crucified, buried, and risen again. He's hope. And some of us have been striving to find a gift that's only found in Jesus. I'm working so hard to do all the right things. You can't. He did the only thing that we could be saved by. He gave his life. Come on, is it all right if we just preach old school gospel for a second? Because some of us need to hear this. Because we've been so distracted from the truth of what is found in Jesus. He gave them the right to be children of God. There is no one thing by which we are saved except Jesus. Okay. Time for an honesty moment. I struggle with Christmas Eve services. They're hard for me. Here's why. Because many of us come in here wanting something that's going to continue to prop up the image we have of the nativity. What do you mean you're talking about like my sin and crucifixion and da 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 all on Christmas? Like I just want like that. I want happy Jesus. How many of you know what I'm talking about? This is why I struggle with Christmas Eve services because at the end of the day, we have to remember why he came. He didn't come for a Hallmark card. We had this room growing up. We called it the white room. And the white room, some of you might know what I'm talking about. Everything went white in that room. Where the, where the wood floor ended and the carpet started. White couches, white carpet. Had this beautiful glass table that my mom had. Everything was perfect and not to be touched. Come on, anybody have a room like that when they were growing up? Not, not to be touched. And so my mom, she was the type of person she could sense when we were near that threshold. <laughs> Right? It used to be a game. We would walk up to that and all of a sudden her voice didn't know where she was at. She'd call and she was downtown somewhere. <laughs> you stepping in my room? No, no, mom. No, mom. I think she had cameras. Don't go in that room. And I remember every, every Christmas she'd put up a nativity scene. It was made out of like porcelain or ceramic. It was all white. And you guys remember angel hair? Shards of glass. That's what that is. It's great to play with. And she'd put that nativity scene on the piano. Every Christmas I think about that nativity scene. It's beautiful. It was serene. Not to be touched. And I wonder how many of us have that image in our mind. An image that's not to be touched. We want the beautiful, serene, manger expose. And we struggle with the Savior who came, put on flesh, had that flesh beaten, tore apart, buried, but then rose three days later. Yes, sir. 
defeating death, hell, and the grave. And we'll come back one day. See, the Christmas story is the whole story. It's not just the nativity scene, but it's, it's this scene, and it's the Jesus laughing and walking scene. It's the water into wine scene. It's the healed leper scene. Come on, somebody. It's the blind eyes scene. It's the scene where he's arguing with Pharisees and, and scribes. It's the scenes that we don't see when he's walking dirt paths and he's still unknown. It's the scene when he's in the carpentry shop with his father. It's the scene where he emerges into the temple. It's the scene where he grew up and he had wisdom. And it's the, it's the scenes we don't see. That's the Christmas story. It's every scene we love and every scene we don't see and every see, scene we wish we didn't see. It's the scenes we don't understand. That's the Christmas story. And it's that whole story. Come on, somebody that gives me hope. And can I tell, even if this is just for one person tonight, this is what hope does. Hope allows you to keep going. Perseverance is not from willpower. Perseverance is not from your workout regimen. Perseverance doesn't come because some of us are more mentally inclined or physically inclined or, or it doesn't come. Perseverance comes from hope and hope only. That he who began a good work Come on, it's faithful to complete it in Christ Jesus. So, my hope for us this Christmas is that we would realize that Jesus is not a lavender dessert that loses its air, but Jesus is the one that fills us to overflowing pressed down, shaken together, and running over in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody shouted, amen, and amen. I want to invite everybody just to stand to your feet right now. We're going to worship just one more time tonight. We're still on pause. Come on. And on your way in, you should receive from one of our team a candle. And uh, I want to explain to you why we do a candlelight service like this. This isn't just a tradition that we're perpetuating. But I want us to light these candles tonight. You can go ahead and turn them on right now. To signify no matter how dark it gets, I can always look down and say, I got some hope. Come on, somebody, I got, I got some hope. And, and, and it, may be, it may be small in this moment, but, but I've got hope. And I want us to remember that at the end of it all, Jesus is faithful. This hope that we have in Christ Jesus, as one commentator would say, that it's not a kite blown around by the wind, but it's a, it's a firm and steadfast acre in eternity. And this hope, the Bible says, does not disappoint. It is a light that is never extinguished. In Jesus' name, let's worship together.
for your grace, for your presence. We thank you for the gift that is you. I want to ask everybody just to bow your head and close your eyes in this place right now. And no one looking around in this moment. You know, tonight I think we'd be amiss not to give an opportunity for even just one person in here to say yes to Jesus. I know for some of us in here, we've been looking for things, ultimately looking for hope, peace, joy, all the things that are only found in Jesus, as we talked about tonight. So with every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around tonight, if you would say, man, Jason, that's me. I need to say yes to this King Jesus that we've been singing about and talking about all night. And I want to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to lead all of us together. And I just want everybody to repeat these words after me. But tonight, friend, if, the, if you would say, man, that, that's me. This is, this is my moment. This is the gift that I've been waiting for and need to receive tonight. Make this your prayer with us tonight. Come on, as loud as you can, would you just repeat these words after me? Everybody say, Jesus, I'm coming to you tonight. I'm giving you my past. I'm giving you my right now. And I'm putting my future in your hands. I'm sorry for doing it my way. And tonight, I am turning to follow your way. Thank you for the gift of grace. Thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name.